0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Drop the Beat Podcast. My name is Charles Larita,
1: And I'm Will Sarver.
0: And we want to thank you guys so much for listening to us beat off today, as you have been for the past couple weeks. Um, Will, they've, they've been listening to us beat off, God, for a long time now. You know, this is, this, is our, this is our ninth episode, man.
1: I know, and after nine episodes, you just kind of get used to it.
0: You know. Yeah, I was gonna say it's. Um, I mean, I think we're trying to beat off just in different different ways now, um, just because we've been beating it so hard. But I think we've really been doing it. And People like, frankly, I think they like listening to us beat off. I wish they I,
1: they probably wish they could see us beat off as well. Um, in I know. These little beat beat off sessions. And you know, the nice thing about you know being in quarantine is you get pretty creative. If you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, why? What have you been doing? Oh, nothing. We'll we'll talk we'll talk later. Okay, that's fine.
0: Anyway, yeah. um, just whatever you do, wash your hands because pink eye is very serious. Even with a mask, you can still get it. Oh, that's good to know. Anyway, I think I feel like we always start these with some kind of ass humor, and I'm I'm pretty okay with that because <laughs> people you are still to. listening, so you that's have okay. To. <laughs> you gotta, you just you gotta. They, t- they turned you it gotta. off by now. Well, well, I don't know if you knew this, but um, how we get our topics for the show is people actually write in for us to uh to to discuss these long form kind of segments here um i don't know if you knew that or not but for for anyone whose question we pick um we're sending them we'll be in contact and we send them a free shirt so we are going to shirt them completely it's going to be all, with like a big shirt cannon ooh, like from my ooh, house i'm going to just just like a thump and it's going to launch it and they're going it's got to have that out. noise too that's the only noise it has Thump. yeah Um, but if you would (laughs) like to submit a, if you would like to to submit a question, that's my good automatopoeia, thank you, thump. if you would like to submit a question for us to discuss here on the Drop the Beat podcast, go to www.charlesloreta.com slash contact and fill out the field with your name, where the hell you from, and your mm. goddamn question, and we can discuss it in a long format. So no questions like, what's your favorite color? Although I know we always say we could we could really go into that kind of a thing um, because it's purple and that's the only logical scientific choice. Um it's got the sex appeal and the balls at the same time, which could be one in the same. But I digress. Will, we actually have a guest on the show today.
1: You know what? I I did notice. I did notice that.
0: You didn't notice there was another person pulled up on screen just kind of sitting there watching <laughs> it?
1: <laughs> I'm, well, just, I'm, I'm loving the background he's got. It's, it's got it me is distracted. Good, well, yeah, we're going to have to talk about <laughs> I'm, that. I'm
2: hoping it's not too creepy. Uh <laughs>
1: No, I so, uh, <laughs> you, you can't
0: get much creepier than my face, and just like a monotone <laughs> post face. But anyway, the gentleman that we have guest, uh, <laughs> as, as a guest on the show today, he is a music teacher, a college professor, a professional clarinetist, all around just fantastic guy. You guys have probably seen him playing, joining the Mischief in the Mischief Studio series videos. Um, he like it when we call him Big Papa. Quite frankly. <laughs> so I would like to introduce you guys and welcome to the show, Mr. Goddamn Greg Marsh. Hey, my
2: man, my man. Thank- hello, hello, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Greg, thank you so much for joining us, man. I'm so happy you got you were able to do this and we were able to get everybody together. Um, I do f- I do feel like sometimes we're like a three amigos kind of thing. So this is like a nice quarantine, quarantizzle reunion, if I should say oh, so myself. Yeah. Oh,
2: yes. Ooh, I like yeah. that. I like that. Although I will say putting the three of us together like this on a podcast, you're just asking for trouble.
0: Oh, this is going to be horrible. Uh, we're never going to argue this with is gonna, that. This is going to
2: be a disaster. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm going to immediately delete this. When, when I'm done, I'm. We're, this will never see the light of day. This will never air. Um,
2: oh, okay. Perfect.
0: Okay. I didn't even hit record,
1: so Great. it works.
0: No, I, I'm not even dressed. Um, honestly, um, but I was going to say, how, uh, Greg how how is a quarantine going for you? What you been up to? How's life been? Are you staying sane? Are you staying safe? Are you washing your hands?
2: <laughs> uh, I, sane is a relative term. That's true. Uh, That's I true. I don't know if I've ever been completely sane. Um, ditto, so, ditto. you know, I think my, my scale of insanity to sanity, uh, maybe has sort of gone a little bit farther over to insanity, but I mean, no, I, I don't know. I don't think it's really caused me to go too, too crazy. Yeah, well, um, you know. you know, just, uh, generally trying to stay as busy as I can, you know, doing a lot of, a lot of online teaching and, uh. You know, uh, getting a lot more time to practice, which is great. Um, That's always good. Amen. And uh, you know, know, growing a uh, a quarantine-like beard that uh, gives me a uh, hermit-esque look. Yeah, but you totally uh, make it. You totally make it work, though. Oh man, I appreciate that. You know, this is. uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's good. It's good. It uh, it makes me look a little bit more distinguished, and you know, I always try and. Uh, you know, go for the more distinguished look. Um, I was going to say, yeah. take it from someone who's
0: had a soul patch since he was seven. Uh, you know, inter- inter- interesting facial <laughs> wow. hair. Chicks dig the interesting facial hair. They're just like, wow, what is that? A sideburn on the front of your face? That's amazing.
1: The old <laughs> front burn. <laughs>
0: yeah ooh, <laughs> that was i think I was actually frontburn was will when you were on varsity in a uh, wrestling team in high school i think frontburn was your nickname
1: was it yeah yeah when i wrestled in high school yep nice was mine frontburn. was mud
0: knuckle but we'll talk about that another time um but for those <laughs> oh, of you okay. guys who obviously uh, for those of you guys listening at home and can't see us uh we're on zoom and greg's background is me <laughs> It's, it is. it's the it's the classic <laughs> it's the classic purple picture with my beautiful curly locks trying to look very smoldering and debonair, and it looks like I'm mounting him from behind. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yep, and your and your twenty uh, year old soul patch is lit, currently resting on my head.
0: It looks like an alfalfa um, coming off of your head, which yeah, is
2: great. It does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It just knows. Oh wow! That. I wasn't even thinking that. Um, yeah, absolutely God. right. But wow. gents,
0: the um. The reason I've actually asked you all here today, which... There's a uh, reason? Yeah, I mean, I just um, I just want to see how you were doing, and I think we're going to sign off oh, in a second. So okay. thank you guys so much for listening. Well, right. uh- <laughs> yeah, see you, you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually have a question. Um, someone has written in... For us to talk about, mm-hmm. and I think you know this this is gonna be a good one for us because I do believe this one really does affect all of us on different personal levels, a little you know, deeply as it as it may be. Um mm-hmm. this is from Paige from Pennsylvania. She writes in, which now, Paige, we are gonna send you a fine ass shirt for to wear. Um mm. so I will I will be in contact with you and hopefully you will dig it. But Paige writes in, hey guys. Hi, Paige. She says, I've been Hi. a perform- <laughs> we're all waving, but you can't see us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been a performer for years on a professional circuit, and to this day, I still get nervous before performing. What advice do you have for dealing with anxiety in a musical setting? And if that ain't the goddamn realist question Ooh. we've had so far, Ooh, boy. Um, I don't know what is, boys. I just don't know what is. Um, because I really do Ooh. feel we all relate to this. Um, I know I do. I've publicly started talking about it, which I hadn't for years and years and years because I was – uh, kind of embarrassed and it's that whole idea where it's like oh people see you bleed and they see weakness and I, I really didn't want to kind of tread into that territory but now I'm kind of like it is who I am I'm human um, yeah. but I, I really feel for Paige so I don't, I don't know I mean in a professional setting whether she's gigging or recording or more in the fine music uh, side of things I'm not necessarily sure she didn't really specify, um, but it sounds like she has a performance anxiety kind of thing. So, William, I'm going to bounce it to you real quick to start, start oh, with this kind no. of thing. We have to. We're we all, all going to tell <laughs> embarrassing stories because I know. Mm-hmm. I, well, I have to tell you, I have to tell my favorite one, which you got to experience when you weren't even in the band for that long. <laughs> so oh, yeah. We'll have to talk yeah. about that. Um, but for for you, um, you know, is it a natural thing for you before uh, gigging or recording or any kind of musical event to kind of feel a little bit of an adrenaline rush like that beforehand almost kind of borderlining on anxiety and you know what what do you what do you kind of attribute it to? That would be a nice way to kind of start with
1: Yeah, I mean it definitely happens and it's a real thing. Uh, we could start there, but uh, I think more so at this stage in the game for me, it's more adrenaline um, than anything. Um, I guess when I was starting out younger and learning, um, it definitely nerves were a thing. Um, And for me personally, I correlate that with lack of preparedness. Um, Interesting. I tend to be nervous if I'm not 100% with the material. You know, it's like it's like "Ah, I didn't really work on this and I got a show or a performance and then it's like, Mm -hmm. boy, the nerves are coming because I'm like, I I really don't know. It's like I kind of did 75 percent of this, but I learned that early on where like now it's like I want to be 100 percent, if not better. So that way I can kind of relax and it just be a matter of controlling like adrenaline and excitement for me. I think that's that's what I battle with the most now is kind of uh containing the beast inside as far as adrenaline comes because like when we're playing some of these shows it's like it is awesome there's a ton of people Mm -hmm. it's a great vibe and i'm just like and especially as a drummer it's like usually adrenaline's gonna come with you're pushing it you're pushing the time you're gonna rush and it's like i gotta hold it down for everybody else so it's like i gotta be like on top of my game and i gotta really contain the animal that's inside that just wants to go nuts but i don't know i don't know if that makes sense to you guys as far as oh totally um, absolutely yeah yeah it's but i for me personally it's i would if i get anxiety or i'm nervous it's i'm not prepared
0: that's i'm not confident in myself yeah you know,
1: I was gonna say so. Cause
0: I'm gonna bounce it over to Greg because I know he he can relate with us definitely on this. Um, mm-hmm. I mine comes from a different place, which is very very weird. Ooh, right? I like let me this. throw it. No, not the place you're thinking. It's, oh, it's <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but but I want to bounce it over to to goddamn Greg Marsh because um, Ooh. you know. So have I would say to bounce off of kind of what Will was saying, Greg. Have you ever mm-hmm. has anxiety ever been attributed to what you're doing because of lack of preparedness or what you feel would be the lack of preparedness? I mean, what what do you think?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, I always try and prepare as much as I can for any performance, knowing that no matter how much I prepare, I know there's always going to be that voice inside my head. That is constantly gnawing at me saying, you're going to mess up. You're going to do something wrong. They'll think about who's in the audience, you know, that that kind of a thing. That (laughs) always gets to me. And I think, you know, sort of piggybacking off the preparation, I think that awareness, you know, knowing who's in the audience, who you're trying to, quote unquote, impress. And, you you know, I think just, um, I I think from a very young age, um, you're always kind of thinking, wow, maybe, um, uh, maybe, you know, one of your, one of your peers is, uh, you know, kind of trying to, to give you like a little bit of a vex or a curse, like they want you to do, they want you to do poorly, uh, because they might not, like the way you look or the way you sound, or uh, they might not be as good of a musician as you are, um, you know. And I think I think that that played a really big role uh, for me going up through high school uh, because, as you know, uh, high school kids can be uh, pretty mean when they want to. What
0: be. I've I've uh, never <laughs> once been never. made fun
2: of in high school. No, never. Me yeah. looking
0: like this. How could anyone even <laughs> attempt that?
2: Yeah, so obviously over the years, you know, the more you perform, um, you know, the more you get used to being in that certain medium or that certain setting, uh, it becomes a little bit more palatable, and it just sort of becomes something that you do, and, you know, at the end of the day, if you enjoy it enough, you're gonna find ways to make it work. It might not be an easy road, or something that you'll completely get over because quite frankly, uh, anxiety lives in everybody and it, it comes out at all times of day Very true. and night and, you know, there's, there's no way of really kind of, um, unleashing the beast. I think it's more of just kind of harnessing it. Um, and that's, um, that, that's kind of my, my take on it. I like um, that.
0: I like that yeah. very, very much, um, especially the, the thing where you said, you know, it doesn't go away necessarily. Ever. I mean, yeah. you, you can you can channel it. You can aim mm-hmm. the cannon, so to speak. Yep. Um, and I, I think that's kind of a, a, a testament, though, to being human, because that's that's one of the big mm-hmm. things I always think of where I see, you know, people who go out on stage and they act like the biggest thing in the world and, very, you know, somewhat e- egotistical to to a, a certain degree and you know they don't feel any of that anymore and for me every time i go out on stage to perform it still feels like the first time you know even though i've done it for years and years and years so i think it's the fact that i've done it i've been performing on stage for so long mm-hmm. and i still feel the jitters like that i think that's refreshing yeah. i think it's you know human yeah. and, and you human and you genuinely genuinely like what you're doing um I for Absolutely. me I wish it was more adrenaline fueled than anything which I mean necessarily it, it is <laughs> and I wish it was sometimes just the jitters but um you know it, it think, sometimes gets worse but
2: so, sorry I think it gets that way for me I mm-hmm. think at first I have those butterflies in the pit of my stomach saying wow okay this is really happening and then as i get into it then my adrenaline starts to take over and then that's when things really start to like you know go down down that hill you know because i think everything leading up to like the high point on the hill is like all are all those negative emotions that are trying to like gnaw at you as you're as as you're trying to just get up there to see the sights and then once you see the sights then oh my goodness you know you're in your you're in your element and then you just head right on down the hill and it's 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 a glorious feeling
0: yeah i mean when you when you actually get to that quote unquote point of enlightenment mm. it's right. so it's so worth it but i mean um you know i was very very closed off about my anxiety stuff for years. Like I wouldn't even tell my bandmates. Like it was, Will found out the hard way. Um, during <laughs> it's still setting up for a game, I was. <laughs> so I don't get the fun anxiety where I get heart palpitations. I get mm, tummy grumbles and nausea and oh. dry, dry heaves. So it's not the pretty one that Ooh. everyone likes. I, um, it's very physical. And people, when I people see mm. it, it's even worse. Um, and I'd gone to therapy for mm. years about it and we kind of tried to figure out where it was from. And we, we did, we were able to kind of deduce what, where it was from. And for me, what triggers it, not only just performance, but it's a new setting, a new event that I'm kind of going through, and me not, yes. being, me not being able to go out and indulge in it for a while and get used to it. It's normally just like, okay, you're here, boom, get up on stage. So it's like, when we would do some mm-hmm. of these gigs, especially the Asbury Park stuff, like we would do like the Stone Pony things and stuff like that, where you're, you literally can only come in the building twenty minutes before your set, and then you have to just immediately get up on stage, and that killed me. That mm-hmm. absolutely killed me. Or like any of the yeah. festivals we've done, it was stuff like that where it's like, show up this early, you know, and it's like I want, to, I need to get in, I need to read the room, I need to really like kind of feel the space in like my weird empathic kind of way. I, I can't mm-hmm. just jump and go, and that's why performing with Will for all of these years, I have like this incredible just. Dumbfounded respect because he just keeps it. Even if you're, you have, ang, you know, you're anxious. He keeps it so cool, and I like. I'm so envious. Be cool, man. Be cool. So da- he makes it look so <laughs> damn good. He's just so smooth and so cool. And it's like doesn't break a damn sweat. And it's like I don't hey, sweat. No, it's really you. weird. It is a little I strange. I It's it's okay. I think you're it's the werewolf problem. Like you're part dog. Like yeah, you know, poor's work. Um, <laughs> but I'm your rock. But I was I. That's what uh that's my you, job. You Gotta are, it and down. it's like you got, and um, like uh, so so the first time that Will ever witnessed this happen, and I think Chandler knew about. It. I think he knew. I had. Yeah, so I didn't. In there. I didn't know <clears throat> at all. Will didn't. You were in the band <clears throat> how many months at this point? Because that was a while ago. Not. Yeah, not long. So to set the scene we were playing in trenton at the art all night festival and they what they what they they do for that thing it's 24 hours for people don't know and aren't in the area it's a 24 hours Mm -hmm. they make turn this giant wireworks building like big foundry building into an art gallery for 24 hours they have bands they have an indoor stage an outdoor stage the indoor stage is the big one the out i mean the outdoor one's pretty big too we've we've played on both um so we had our set was supposed to be 11 11 p.m and that's one of the good spots 12 is is the best and of course you know we get there it's a lot of people you know maybe like 500 or so in this room it was a decent amount of people and uh nothing's running on time so they push it back and push it back so now our set is around midnight and that's the good spot and it just started to rain Hmm. outside so we're on the indoor stage and we're you know setting our stuff up here i'm i'm fixing my amp or what? I don't know gear stuff so I'm just hitting buttons and making it look like I'm doing something. <laughs> Trying to keep my cool because I'm like okay it's a decent amount of people. Will setting his drums up and um, so it starts to rain outside and everyone who was outside came in. So oh. last I looked out there were maybe you know three four hundred people. It was good, a good amount of people. I'm bending down and Will goes oh my god dude look behind you and there were probably twelve hundred people now in this room that just kind of sprung on me. Wow. And I started I started dry, he, dry heaving wow. right, right near his, his bass drum. Like, <laughs> Dude, are you going to throw up in my drum? Because <laughs> he didn't know what I was doing. I was. That was one of the worst experiences, that, because as I'm dry heaving, there's people around the back of the stage, and there's guys like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, yeah, we see what you're doing. And I'm like, oh, this makes it so much worse, so much worse. Um. But we're, we're getting ready. I'm, like, on my knees on the stage, and I'm like, oh. Do this, I can't do this. And Chandler like mm. looked over to me, and goes, "Dude, you got this." And I was like, "Okay." And we got right past the opening riff for the first song, and right when I had to sing, I was okay. And then we were just good to go. And golden. Um, that mm. was one of the best wow. gigs. I don't know, like, and it was crazy because so many people in that room knew the words to our songs, which was cool. And then we pulled out the Spice Girls in that room, and um, game over. People, <laughs> people went bananas. <laughs> we everyone was dancing, everyone was singing. It was it was nice. one of the best gigs ever, but it was one of the hardest things to get to um, just, just mm. because of that. For and I mean, sure. what I had to do is now, I don't know if Paige can relate to this kind of thing. My problem, and I think it was always from, I've never been a part of anyone's band. I've always been the leader of my own band. Mm. So I feel, I guess subconsciously, a lot of the weight is on my shoulders. And what my therapist has told me for years is it's, it's the idea that you are so worried about letting people down. Mm-hmm. That you take it that hard, that you're so upset that you're going to, you know, not keep everyone happy or you're not going to do a good job. And that's kind of looming over me. Um, and that, that's with everything in life. That's why I have such a hard problem saying no to people. Or uh, every time someone needs help, I'm just immediately there. And we kind of deduced it to being what's called the Superman complex, which is a real thing. Um, it's, a real, it's a real kind of anxiety-driven disorder for high-functioning anxiety. Cause that's what I have. That's why I'm constantly a million miles a minute. That's why I barely sleep. That's why I'm working on something all the time. I can't just sit and not do anything. Um, and it's the idea... It, I mean, it kind of sucks that it's a DC comic character as opposed to a Marvel comic character, but, I, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, because, so, I mean, Spider-Man <laughs> complex sounds way better, but that sounds like you'd have to go to a hospital for that. Um, but the Superman comp- complex is, I mean, it's essentially how he's written where it's you know he has the the power and he feels like he has to help everyone because that's his he feel, it, he puts it upon himself and when he can't do it um or when he even when he does it, do it he feels like he could have done better like a lot of the um superman kind of complex stuff is you know um unreasonable hours of work um unrealistically high goals you know the fear you're going to let people down you feel like you have to help everybody it's, it's just like all of this kind of crazy stuff it's very high functioning and that, I don't know if I had that and then just became a performer and it bounced off of that, or I developed it from being a performer. Because I remember a time when I was in high school before I had any anxiety stuff, which is crazy. I mean, do you guys remember a time before any of that kind of thing? Like if I bounced it over to Will there, I mean, do you do you remember a time when you were able to just kind of go out on stage and not second guess yourself and just be able to just go and wing it and just, you know. Cause I mean, you've, you've played some pretty big places and you know, done a whole lot of intense studio work and things like that. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I And I'm think, envious. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so great. Um, it is. Yeah, look where I'm at now. <laughs> In your bathroom doing a podcast. Exactly, yeah, with no pants on. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert for everyone at home, we're all sitting on toilets right now. Right, yeah.
1: Um, I think. Hey, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it was like. <laughs> when i was when when you're younger you know you're able to just go do something and you don't think about yeah. it um i think mm-hmm. as i got older i got more into my own head and it's been
2: absolutely yeah okay. it's like yeah, at yeah. its
1: worst <laughs> right now and every year goes by it gets worse and worse and i'm always my own worst enemy um but like when I was young, like yeah, I could, you know, I didn't really think about it. I didn't think about what people were gonna think and care, and you know, you're just I, worried if girls were watching. Pretty, yeah,
2: exactly. He still is, yeah, yeah, yeah do mom or yeah, <laughs> yeah, grandma. Um, oh. But like,
1: yeah, but now it's it's I think about it more, um, yeah, and I don't I don't want to. I mean, I, you know. Like I said, back to the, the preparedness for me is a thing. Um, and I, that's why I do my best. And sometimes I probably go a little over the top with my preparation. Um, it's like, even when we have a gig, it's like, I've played these songs a thousand times, but you know what? I'm still running through them days yeah. or even a week before, like, it's like going to be like my first gig again. Uh, just because that's, I that's just, such a good outlook though. That I love yeah. that.
2: It's, no, I was, yeah. was just—I was just gonna say. I think um, you know y- you think of that as sort of like a super heightened form of anxiety, and it very well may be. But when I hear something like that, I hear somebody who wants to go the extra mile as a musician, and yeah, in my Bobby. eyes and in my heart. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, when I talk to my students about preparation and, you know, a desire to want to wanna play and to want to perform, uh, that's one of the real big issues that we cover. And I think, um, you know, when, when they come to see me play, they watch my passion. They watch my interest. Yeah. Uh, they watch my preparation. And it's sort of, you know it sort of just you know trickles down to them and they say oh wow well it works for him and you know he's on stage and he, he clearly has no nerves when he's on stage which by the way is absolute bs uh <laughs> he's real, now they all know. he's nice human job yeah no no no, <laughs> no it's real no, the, the the cats out of the bag yeah. greg marsh is a he's not big a machine bag of nerves he nice, is not a nice. machine by any means but he does his best to portray it in the third person as such exactly yeah no no he, he talks in the third person a lot see
0: but. and I love I love what both of you guys kind of <laughs> said with that and will you know especially with that kind of aspect where you approach everything like it's still your first gig that is that is the yeah. complete you know lack of ego I love that so I love that so much because you know it's no matter how good or how much you progress you're always going yeah. to have that initial excitement. Mm-hmm. That that kind of initial love and and kind of childlike wonder sure. for it, yeah, you know, yeah. which is great. Um, which thankfully, you know, it's it's not necessarily the first gig because our the first gig you played with us was just a really weird, gross, sketchy hooker hotel. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, other <laughs> than that, I mean, so now kind of hanging with Greg for a second, I mean, yes, you know, I, it sounds like from what Paige wrote in that she possibly had, mm. um. bad experience with something like this which is very very Mm. probable i mean do you remember any notable experiences where you had a bad bout with kind of anxiety or nerves before a gig and how how did you kind of work yourself out of that or talk yourself out of that because that's a that's a very big deal it's one of the things i've learned you really have to kind of talk yourself out of it because adrenaline is a bitch it's one of the best chemicals but oh it can be the worst it's it's the worst
2: yeah (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Uh, One stands out, um, and it was pretty early on. Um, I have been playing since I was in fourth grade, Uh, so I was a freshman in high school at the time, and my high school had recently formed a wind ensemble. So they had um, they had a large concert band, but they never had any like smaller types of wind bands. Uh, so the group I was in was sort of a, quote unquote, experimental group, like we met before school. That's a lot of uh, pressure it was, it
0: was, on you, though. I mean, because it's yeah, less oh, people, yeah. you know?
2: Yeah, for sure. But I mean, you know, I wasn't thinking in those terms just because I was excited to be in the group, number one, as a freshman. Yeah. And and number two, um, I was sort of thrown into the principal clarinet role as a freshman. And coming from junior high band where you're doing, you know, like musical medleys and like, you know, watered down abridgments of marches and uh, like, you know, symphonies, like you really, you really don't get a lot of um Very technical or very uh, exposed music and then it and then all of a sudden uh, you get to high school and all of a sudden it just goes from like you know you're you're just kind of you know playing and then you get to high school and oh wow wow you are you are seriously you're seriously playing now because the the music just takes such a huge leap forward in you know just the amount of exposure and the amount of Technical prowess that is needed to get through those pieces. Um, so we were, um, yeah, it was, it was an experimental group, um, which ended up staying, by the way, which is cool. So nice. to this day, they have um, like a fully functioning wind Ensemble and classes awesome. and all, all, all that great stuff. That's um, good. So, yeah, I don't know, it was, it was cool. But um, one of the first things we did outside of the school. And this kind of goes back to uh, what you guys were talking about before with uh, experience and familiarity. Um, so, you know, obviously when you're in school, you play in your auditorium and you play for a certain type of audience, you know, parents, siblings, um, you know, what what have you. Um, and you get pretty comfortable with that. And that seems... There's like, usually no know.
0: judgment from that either, which is because it's your family and friends, right. and, and it's kind of like, oh, they're gonna love it regardless, and, exactly. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah not so a very so you go audience.
2: in. So you go in, and your preparation. I mean, a high school is kind of meh at best um you know that that's just the way it is uh you always kind of pick it up a little bit later in life uh but you know obviously as a freshman coming over i was just like okay well this is cool i'm kind of you know i'm just i'm sitting here why am why am i sitting in this principal chair yeah. uh and then um we were playing a piece by uh gustav holst all my uh all my band nerds oh, out yeah. there will we'll know oh, this piece. boy <laughs> gustav holst's first suite in e flat um arguably one of the greatest pieces uh, of all time. He did the Planets, the right?
1: Band. Sorry to interrupt. He did. Okay. He did yeah. do the
2: Planets. Yeah, Planets yeah. was originally for a piano, uh, and then it was uh, transcribed for orchestra. Mars was dope. And, uh, ever- yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting hearing some of that stuff from the Planets because, you know, like we're so used to all those different dynamic changes that happen in that piece. And you listen to the original piano version and all you get is like really the initial attacks. So the initial attack is loud and then everything else kind of like fades away. Whereas in orchestras you can have like initial attack and then like a forte piano, so, or, or a forte piano rising back up to forte or fortissimo, uh, which you can't obviously do on a piano. It'd be cool if you could, but that would be um, badass. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? <laughs> um, so anyway, sorry, back to, uh, back to first suite. So, you know, it was obviously the first time I had seen this piece and heard this piece and we get to the second movement and there is an enormous clarinet solo and I had no idea. And all of a sudden I start playing. (laughs) I'm saying, Oh my goodness. Wow. Why am I the only one playing right now? And you know, like, (laughs) You know, and obviously, uh, you, you start shaking, you start, uh, you know, your, your hands start, you know, uh, starting to, like, sweat a little bit and kind of, like, slip off of the keys. Palms are sweating. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mom's, Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, nice, That's nice. what we're yeah. having for dinner yes, tonight. That's very good. Oh, that nice. sounds great. See, I was going to say really that's got to
0: be so tough, because especially when you get to high school that, you know, going from middle school, you, you have your hand held with a lot of those pieces. And then you get the, the high school stuff and it's like they're expecting yeah. you to cold read all this stuff, like mm-hmm. right off the bat. Exactly. And that, oh, yeah. That's like
2: that's horrifying.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: so, yeah, sure. No. And, and in addition to that, it, it gets better. So, you know, after a while, I started to realize, OK, this piece has a big clarinets, so I went home, practiced, and you know, got it to the point where I felt pretty comfortable with it. And then, in in addition to playing it in school, which was fine, we also went up to the College of New Jersey. I'm from South Jersey, for those that don't know. So going up to the College of New Jersey is nice, what nice. I, I do. Um, so we just kind of go a little um, horizontal to get there. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can no, hear mine, it in his is, accent. Mine's completely north. Yeah. Completely yeah. north. Um, so we went up there for what was called the uh, TCNJ Band Invitational at the Ooh. time, um, oh, share and, it, and it, it sounds super fancy, and I, I'll tell you, it was literally just two bands. It was my high school band and another high school band from North Jersey, and that was it. Um, so the way it worked was, for part of the day, you had the group go off um, in sections and work with people from the TCNJ Wynn Ensemble um on on the pieces that you were playing and the host was was one of them and uh the the rest of the day was either you know looking around the campus or or lunch or what have you uh and then uh you finish with a concert and the concert was uh attended by a lot of the people that were associated with the college so it wasn't just some of the students that went there it was most of the faculty and i remember go and most of the people that were in uh the wind ensemble uh, and we saw them perform as well before we played which i think was a bit of a bit, bit of a, a sticking issue for me because i heard them play and i was like my goodness oh, they're, no. they're, they're, they're tremendous you know <laughs> no how, <not> at all. <laughs> how am i how am i going to compare to that you know and i started thinking my goodness you know and it got in my head big time it really did and when by the time we got on stage and started playing the holst and we got to the second movement i started playing and i remember the notes just completely stopping like they stopped and i wasn't quite sure what to do i was pretty sure like my the the diaphragm muscles in my stomach like not in my stomach around my stomach and uh lungs were were tightening up oh no and i was like my goodness what is happening because something like that had never happened to me before and you know it it made perfect sense to me when i got off stage i said my goodness you know there were you know college-level players, there were college professors, uh, all sort of just, like, honing in, watching me at that one particular moment. And as a 15-year-old, I mean, horrifying. That's, that's a lot. That yeah. is a lot to take in, yeah. for sure. You know, my, uh, my band director came up to me afterwards, and he's like, hey, you okay? You know, he was, he was like, really cool about it. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had a conversation about it, and he said, oh, it's totally cool. It's, it's, uh, it's all in performance anxiety. And that yeah. was the first time I had heard that term. You know, I, uh, you you know, I was like, "Oh my goodness, wow!" So this this happens to a lot of people. He said, "It happens to everybody." And I said, "Okay, okay, that that's that's helpful. I can I can work with that." And he uh, he gave me this book to read, um, and as a high schooler. Reading a book is a big deal, so the fact that I actually did it was uh, quite astounding. <laughs> spark um, notes. Damn. <laughs> <on> the <tail. laughs> yeah, they, they didn't really have spark notes for this book, but or like YouTube, uh, you know, like uh, YouTube reviews on, yeah, on this yeah. particular book. Because back back in the year two thousand, in the year two thousand, everybody remembers <laughs> that from Conan. Anybody? I do. Okay. I remember. Yeah. I there Conan. you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, great. Boy. Um, so, uh, he gave me this book that was called the inner game of music, which was written in conjunction with, uh, the same author that wrote the inner game of tennis. Uh, I think he also wrote a book on skiing, um, basically, you know, just ways to, um, reduce your anxiety to the point where you can be more effective in what you interesting. do Very as, interesting. as a musician. Um, and uh, yeah, and this version was called The Inner Game of Music, and there was one chapter that I really held on to and still uh, quote frequently to my students. Um, there was a chapter that talked about uh, two different voices in your head. There was the there's the type one voice, which is very negative. What does it sound very, like,
0: though? What does the actual timbre of the voice sound like?
2: Rah, see? Oh, it's, sure. it's like very like 1920s, That's like James timey. Yeah, yeah you better see not heard see yeah. you know that kind of thing uh, what's but, the other one
0: sound like Greg? oh hello oh is it you know, Mrs. Very, doubtfire? uh
2: yes that's yeah. what i was going for exactly so you got james yes, cagney great. and mrs doubtfire james cagney and mrs doubtfire exactly. that's crazy so, yeah, you need, you need one.
0: help greg <laughs>
2: Who are you telling, man? Sheesh. Oh boy, I know. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they have the type one, which is very negative, very, uh, you know, poking at everything you're doing, saying you're gonna mess up, you're gonna mess up. There's no way you're gonna get through this. Um, you know, everybody's watching you. You know, like this is this is gonna be this is gonna be like you're the worst gonna go out on stage your and
0: your pants are gonna fall down. Yes. Nice. Yes. Exactly. Where if you're a stripper, that's the point. But any other profession, right. probably not. Yeah.
2: For sure yeah and then there's (laughs) you crazy you crazy i am a little bit uh a little bit yeah okay so anyway and then there's the type two which is the very nurturing very positive saying you know what you've prepared for this you know what you're doing you're going to be totally fine uh don't worry about what other people think go out there because you enjoy it and you want to do good things And that's the voice that you're trying to, again, nurture and instill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody kind of starts out with a larger type one. And then by the time they're, well, hopefully, by the time they're successful musicians um, or whatever they're doing in life, the type two has gradually taken over. And I think with the amount of experience that you have in that field, um, it almost inevitably becomes that way, regardless of... um, you know how much type one is left over. I feel like type two uh, always kind of ends up winning in the end, which is true. which is great. Um, but uh, I always try and tell my students that because my students always come in and um, and say, "I always play it better at home." I'm sorry, you know. I'm sorry it sounds like this in the lesson, and you know. And I, you I you always say, say you should
0: be sorry. Now <laughs> do it again. <laughs>
2: But no, I'm not, I'm not at all intimidating. Like in my lessons, I I like to joke around. I like to, I I like to, you know, keep things as light as possible. But, you know, obviously if I have to get serious, I will. Uh, But for the most part, I like um, making people comfortable because then you get the best results. Um, Because they feel, they feel that it's, you know, a, a comfortable place for them to, to come and and uh you know try out their their budding musicianship and i think very true um, very true I, i i think that's really important these days um i feel i feel like the the scare tactics of yesteryear are kind of that which is nice um because i don't think they really hold much of a place in today's society i think um you know, you go out I say, with a, Will. Will, I, I'm I, pretty
0: I, sure you could relate to the scare tactics, I, I, right? I think <laughs> um, all too familiar sure. with that. Oh boy, oh boy, William. <laughs> but no, that's Greg. That's a, that's a very yeah. cool cool point of view, and I, I think mm-hmm. y- you know to have kind of a nice space. Where I mean, that's how I am with my students too. I know you're the same. Where it's like, you know, mistakes are are natural. Like you should never be afraid of something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, the quote I always use for my my students because i'm a very creepy spooky boy um i was always a big fan of all the universal monster movies as i would be because you've seen what i look like um (laughs) and there was a really cool quote because i always had you know anxiety also came from not that i'm competitive anymore but when i was younger it's it's the stupid guitarist nature it's everyone's competitive and it's just it's ridiculous it's subjective anyway but Mm -hmm. um i always would be like i'm comparing myself and that really contributed to a lot of anxiety and i would just be like look it doesn't even matter. And there was a really cool quote. Um, there was an exchange between Boris Karloff and Lon Chaney Jr. And Lon Chaney Jr. was the Wolf Man, and Boris Karloff was the Frankenstein monster. And Lon Chaney Jr. was this, you know, man of a thousand faces. He had all these crazy roles, and he was just this awesome actor. And Boris Karloff was a lot older than him, but Boris Karloff was like, "I am never going to be as good of an actor as you. What do, what, what do I even do?" And Lon Chaney Jr. said. Well, don't worry about being me you be you and be the best you you can possibly be yes and you can't mm. lose and i i love That's that great. and i had to keep that in mind um on the first time that i remember having anxiety in front of a large group of people and that was the worst mm. thing it's, it's a large group of people everyone can see it you can't hide um so will you never you don't even know this story this is a really good one oh um, new story it, it's it's another good one. I have, I have really weird interactions with everyone. But this is the first time I remember having um, anxiety in front of people. And I was at um, this benefit concert outside. It was a kind of warm day. So at the time, we kind of wrote it off as, oh, I was probably dehydrated. I was having you know sun poisoning or something crazy like that. And then you look back, it's like, oh, I was having a massive anxiety attack. Um, we had about a half hour to get on stage because we were waiting for the other band to stop. And all people there that I knew it was it was a lot of people in this big picnic grove, big stage, everything like that. And I started feeling nauseous, so I kept running back and forth to the porta potty and just dry heaving. Nothing's coming out, dry heaving. And I did it probably mm. ten times within like a half hour. It was not fun. People, I was oh, wow. sweating profusely. Everyone saw it. And um, at the time, in my little blues trio, I had uh, my uncle played bass. Uh, he was my bassist in this little blues trio. And, um, you know, he was, he was a police officer, so he knew a lot of the other police officers in the area. So this one cop comes up to him and he goes, Hey man, look, I, you know, I would want to know if it was, if it was one of my family members, but I just wanted to tell you, and I think you should know, um, you know, your nephew over there, he, uh, I didn't want to say this, but he keeps running back and forth into the bathroom and he's doing drugs in there. And that's what this cop said to my uncle. And my uncle was like, he's, he's, he's. He's getting sick. He's not doing drugs. And he's like, well, I don't know. He's got the, the long hair and the sunglasses and he just fits the, you know, kind of just fits the, the build of what it would be. And he's like, no, no, no. He's, stereotypes, he, he, man. And I was like, man, he's like, no, he's getting sick in there. So the first um, two or three songs up on stage, I couldn't even sing because I thought I was going to be that sick and throw up. So I had to hmm. just play the vocal parts on my guitar. I had to play the melody parts as like a solo kind of thing, which totally worked. Like it definitely worked. And then, like, I got comfortable and played. But that was a horrifying experience because I didn't know it was wrong. I was like, "Am I dying? What is happening?" And then, Mm. over the years, I started noticing it happening more and more and more. Um, Thankfully, you know, and I would say this to Paige because I, you know, never feel bad to talk to anyone about something like this because it's always good to have, you know, a secondary voice who's not a friend because friends will always kind of tell you what you want to hear as opposed to what you need to hear. And I've realized Mm. that. you know, talking to someone for me really, really helped because I was just so in my own head and not necessarily, necessarily sure how to just deal with it. And um, mm. it's it's tough because, I mean, sometimes it's, it hits me to the point where it's like, you know, going – Places is tough, or sometimes it's even almost like uh, borderline agoraphobia kind of thing, where it's like sometimes I can't leave the house, and it's kind of weird. And I never talk about things like this, um, because you get such a weird response from people when you talk about anxiety, because there are so many people in my music community who think I'm faking it, or they think I'm doing it for attention. And it's like, man, I wish I was I was that content with my ego, where mm. you know you could just write things off like that. And it's like it's it's, it's, it's I'm a human being with with a oddly complex brain and I mean it's like I'm a Mm -hmm. you know also on top of it it's like I now know why a lot of musicians do so many substances because they don't want to feel these things you know I'm what you Mm -hmm. I guess call a teetotaler where I don't do anything you know I've never drank or smoked or done a drug so I don't have that Mm -hmm. avenue um, for me to take the edge off, quote unquote, take the edge. So off. It's, which, yeah. which, which, me and Will have heard multiple times um, from different studio people when doing recording work. Um, <laughs> at, you know, like eleven and uh, like eleven in the morning. But other than that, um, but I was gonna say. So now, now let's get to the kind of the bare bones resolution of it. And I'm gonna throw it back to Will. What can you really, really do if you're in this just tense situation, adrenaline's taking over? You're trying to kind of center yourself without your brain trucking through everything you're doing. How can you find your center, so to speak, and, and calm yourself and reassure yourself that you got this and you're going to do fine? What what can you really do for this? You know, that's a that's a tough question. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a th- if there's no right answer, yeah. there's no right or wrong answer, right. it's, it's more so mm-hmm. it, it's it's it is very objective um, to who is the beholder of the anxiety. Right, so like
2: whatever works for you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I know there's there's multiple. And hopefully, there's... it works for somebody else. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So, like for me, like example, to fight off any kind of anxiety, I get to the venue very early, and I I walk around, yep. I take it all in. Um, one of the most gratifying things ever was I went to see in uh, Atlantic City at the Hard Rock Casino. I went to go see uh, Penn and Teller, and. Hmm. Penn was walking around incognito, but he's like eight feet tall, so you knew it was him. And he had like a ball cap on. He's walking around. He's just doing laps around the top floor of this casino. And I, you know, stopped him and wished him good luck on the show and this and that and this and that. And he was like, Yeah, I'm just, he goes, Every time we got a gig, I walk around. I got to get used to the place. I got to shake the jitters off. And that was amazing to hear that from someone nice. like him who's been performing for literally ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, he still gets nervous. and He still got to take it in cuz he was sure. literally just doing laps with his lady friend like around this thing and I was yeah. like, that's that's awesome. He was so sweet and so nice about it and um and yep. he, you know, and I thought that was some so like that's for me is a big thing. Really kind of trying to talk to myself and just being like, you know, there's no competition here. People are here because they like to see you. They're not mm-hmm. here to judge you. They're not mm-hmm. here to tear you down or rip you a new one. Um So that's kind of things for me to calm myself. And it's really just, I I try to break it down where it's like, I'm going up to sing songs to people who want to hear these and and play my thing and they respect me as as a player. Sure, there's gonna be people Mm -hmm. out there who are buttholes, but everyone's a butthole and it's fine. Um, So that's for me personally, it's really, it's kind of just getting used to my surroundings and reassuring myself and just being like, okay, I got this, I can totally, totally do this, you know? what about what about you guys? What what would be some some things or some tips that that you would kind of throw into that circle?
1: Tricks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I do like the idea of getting there early. Um, to Because I mean, you always go, oh, for yeah. walk. when we get
0: the gear, sure. you always go for walks with me. If I'm going walking around somewhere, I'll be like, hey, go take a walk with me. And we'll just, and literally just go and yeah. walk somewhere. And it's
1: like, you got and- to get a lay of the land. And it's also, I look at it as like a gear standpoint is like, I need to know what we're dealing with. I want to hear what it sounds mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like other people are playing. I want to hear what yep. it sounds like. If we have to make any adjustments, I need to know as a drummer, because I'm bringing a million things, oh, yeah. what I need. You know, it's like, oh, well, they got this, but they don't have that. All right. So I'm preparing myself for what I have to bring. So like getting there early is a great idea. And you kind of just relax a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, for me, I like, you know, if I can, if I have the capability in the space, I like to warm up to some degree, um, Yeah. which will take your mind off of thinking about what you have to do because you're just you're Worried about the moment right now, which is warming up, going through exercise, long tones, whatever. Um, just get your body prepared for it because, I mean, for a drummer, and I'm sure for everybody, if you're not warmed up, you you know, it's like the worst thing is when I can't warm up and I have to go going, put, in, cold, going baby, in cold, going in cold, and it's like, oof, oh, by the by the end of the 45 minute set, wow, just got warmed up, and it's like, can yeah, you imagine yeah. what I could have done 45 <laughs> minutes ago? It's like I know. Um so like try warming up. Um and you know, for me to try and the biggest thing for me is trying to pull back the adrenaline um is like mm-hmm. just breathe. I really concentrate on just breathing and trying yeah. to control yes. it. And even like if you if you were to stare at me when I play like a creep, um, you will see me at times like take <laughs> like we always yeah, do like take deep breaths or like it's not me catching my breath or anything. It's just like, oh, let's just you know, I'm getting really I'm get, like it's getting out of control. I can start feeling it like I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. reel it mm-hmm. back in, pull back the reins.. Yep. And I think what's interesting and, and just from listening to you know us chat about this is like I think a lot of people don't realize that playing music, a lot of it is mental. There's a mental aspect. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, you could be the best player on this planet, but battling inside of your head is the hardest thing to do. And everyone's their own worst enemy. Exactly. I mean, that's trying to calm the voice. I think the hardest thing, and what I think, what I try and tell people to work on the most is separating the two. Like Greg was talking about the two different voices. Is is trying to. I'm doing everything I can to where I'm getting my head out of, you know, thinking, doubting myself. I'm trying to get my head out of the music, which also comes with preparation, because I'm literally just trying to be in the moment and enjoying, and more importantly, listening Mm. to everybody else. But if you're listening to the head, you know, the voice inside your head, or if you don't know the material and you're trying to read that piece of paper that's in front of you, you can forget about blending in with others and listening to others play. And I think that's the hardest thing to do. Um, very, mm-hmm. very eloquently put. Mm-hmm. It's the so,
0: Greg. Greg, I would say every time we have these things and we get close <laughs> to the end, Will always hits us with this big, beautiful, just bomb. Uh, where it's like he said everything that we could have said in not an hour, and he just kind of just. But Will, that that's that's perfect. Um, I I it. Wow. Like, the mental I, game is like wicked. That, it is. it really is. Well played. Well yeah.
2: played. Very, people very just nice, think about nice. you yes. just like
1: people think yes. about music. They're like, "Oh, you're just going to practice and you're just going to play your instrument." It's like, "No, I'm doing everything I can."
2: It's so much more than that. It's so much more than so that. Much more so than much,
1: that. So much. And the real pros so, and some of the best guys can easily separate the two and you can be truly in the moment. And that's what that's what music is all about, in my opinion, is is being in the moment. Very true. It. And mm. why you know why sacrifice that for not being prepared or not trying to calm your mind? But you know,
0: very 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 beautiful Absolutely. sentiment, man. So I want to mm. say I think in in closing for this guy, let's toss it back over to Greg for some for some final kind of thoughts here towards you know to. Hopefully, for you know, Paige, we've really helped to kind of answer this and shine a better light on it more so, and to see like you're not alone. That's the no. biggest thing. So, Greg,
2: let's toss uh, this. definitely not no. hit it. So,
0: Greg, let's toss this bocce Let's toss toss this bocce ball in your court. Hopefully, our balls touch. Um What would you? say... <laughs> That's how bocce ball <laughs> works. I know. We're ain't an idiot. I, I'm a sports guy. Oh, um, let's. What What would you say? Some Some final closing kind of things. So I, I know you're very so, well spoken on this.
2: Sure. Yeah. No. So. Uh, I have racked my brain over the past couple of days because you and I spoke a couple of days ago, and you're like, hey, you want to come on uh, my podcast? And I was like,
0: "No, it's yeah, stupid. sure, it's buddy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you said, you know, uh, yeah, it's good. Take some notes, you know, kind of kind of get some of your thoughts in, in uh, you know, set. And I was like, okay, okay, I think I can do that. And I just, I got to really thinking the past couple of days What really helps me um, more than anything to get through a performance and move on to the next one, um, and pretty much every moment in between? And I've come up with five really important points that i'd like to oh, just I straight like rattle down
0: here. i like this i like this list it up gregory it's the bonus up. Right. all right okay franz franz so, list it up go for it
2: uh some of this is going to be a little superfluous because uh we've already talked about preparation but that's my number one number no, one round it is, up, baby
0: that's
2: good I, oh, i'm going to i'm going to my number <laughs> one is preparation Okay, so for me and this this works for me, this may not work for you, but I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, so preparation. Uh, You have to listen to the music before you perform it. Like if you have an opportunity to do that, use any type of program out there, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever you want. You have to listen to the music. You have to know clearly what it sounds like as an ensemble player. That is crucial. Okay. Also, you have to mark up the music. Right. So this this goes for whether you're um, somebody that reads traditional notation or tablature or somebody who just does mainly wrote things on like, you know, written reminders on a legal pad, that kind of a thing. Um, You have to mark up the music to the point where it's understandable enough for you to know exactly what you need to do in the moment. So, for example, you get a piece that has, uh, let's say, five sharps in the key signature, and you know there's like sixteenth notes all over the place. You have to write in the. Sounds like one of my sheets that I issue. give to you. <laughs> oh, pretty much every one. Yeah. You're engraving. Yeah, well, 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 as as a as a clarinetist, you always end up reading way too many sharps when you play with string. Uh, musicians, And that's yeah, just the it's way not it is. Great. You're, you're, you're used to it. It's fine. Um, uh, but I think that's crucial. You know, you have to make sure you circle all the dynamics. You have to make sure, you know, if there's a moment that doesn't quite line up with everything else, you have to put a cue in of a part that is sim- like very close to where you are. So you have an idea of when to sort of fit your part in. Um, you know, if you have to write certain like chord progressions that will help you get through it a little bit more, um, you do that, you know, you use all of your knowledge that you have, you know, all of the theoretical knowledge you build up over the years, um, all of the, um, you know, uh, uh, practice, uh, and technical expertise that you've gotten over the years. See, that's you great. Ha- you because You have to use all of that.
0: Preparedness will just furthermore bring comfort in that kind of setting.
2: exactly. Big time. Big time. Uh, And in addition to that, as far as preparation is concerned, uh, I recommend when you first get a piece, practice through the entire exercise. And then once you do that, once you get an idea of how, how it goes through the entire thing, then you split it up into the sections. And then once you get into the sections, if there are little, small, isolated passages, tackle those and then you put everything else together again okay piece by piece baby piece Piece by piece you You have to bar by bar note by note step by step day by day you have to do it that way big time okay so that's number one preparation nice nice nice. number two punctuality this Mm. is a real real important thing for me you need to be on time if not early for everything that you do uh you have to leave yourself more time than you usually need to get somewhere especially if you live in new jersey you know how our roads can be yeah with the dmv Um, with the with the dmv (laughs) man i'll tell you that was me
0: today that's why i was late shout out to the
2: dmv no they can smell a fart I, I'm sure. I'm sure they can, Charles. They probably uh, so. did.
0: They sat in my car, so you know they did. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, but but ugh. so yeah. It, and and the <laughs> the level of punctuality depends on what type of an event you have. So if you have a rehearsal you could probably show up maybe like 15, 20 minutes early just to kinda, you know, like for me, getting my reeds warmed up, uh, you know, getting my instrument warmed up and like, you know, ready to go for a rehearsal. Like that's generally okay. Uh, If you have a performance, uh, I recommend uh, getting there, I'd say at least an hour to make sure you have everything ready to go. Uh, You know, again, just in case you hit some sort of traffic, leave yourself the time. Because the worst thing you can do is get there, like as it's starting or worse, as it's going on and then the nerves, uh, and, the, nerves will and then totally the nerves spike. go straight through the roof yeah. for sure. we've had that we've had that big time oh boy. big time and uh and when you have an audition it goes up i think a little bit more right so if you're auditioning for any type of group like a professional orchestra or a professional wind symphony or anything like that you have to give yourself enough time to get there and get everything exactly the way you want it get used to you know your awareness which i'm going to get to in a second um so that is definitely a big number two for me. I get my punctuality. <laughs> get- <laughs> Sorry,
0: you said a big number two.
2: Oh, my God, I did. I Ooh. didn't even realize that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you you see, guys are this, disgusting. This I'm is not a problem. I told you this is going to be a problem. We're not and airing this sure episode. Enough, no one's going to a- hear this. Okay, good, good. All right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, but I get my punctuality from my father. My father is... Nice incredibly punctual for everything, uh, to the point where like you go to family parties and he'd be ready to go like an hour before the and day it, before Exactly, uh, and, yeah, and the party's like 10, 10 the minutes down loaded. the road. He's, he's just, <laughs> yeah, he's just that kind of person, but I mean, he's, he's a musician as well. Mm-hmm. So he, so he kind of got you and he was in the Navy for a while. So he, uh, he kind of got that mindset, um, for, you know, you know, just being like very punctual, very on time. Um, you know, just making sure he wasn't the last one to cross the finish line so to speak yeah so that was a really big thing for him and i sort of got that from him and as a musician it's a very helpful skill and for my anxiety it's very very helpful because it helps bury that type one in the back of my mind which is great Most definitely. Um, number three experience and familiarity okay mm. comfort level with the types of music that you're performing is very, very important as well. So if you're a bandsman, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, Big time, big time. Because if you're a bandsman like me and you end up recording with a rock group for the first time, uh, that can be a a bit of a, a bit of a, a wake up call for somebody who's not used to performing that type of music. For example, so last year, I was graciously asked to record with this with this great local group, um, l- for for sake of you know not wanting to embarrass them, let's just call them Lars Charita and the Misfits. They okay? sound terrible. <laughs> so yeah, so l- i so La- Lars Charita and the Misfits. Yeah, <laughs> they um yeah they're a pretty pretty solid group, and they had me come in. And, uh, you know, I had never done any type of work with, with a rock group before. So that was like, that was completely out of my element. And I was, I was a little on edge, just trying to figure out how I was going to fit in and how everything was going to, was going to go. And, uh, the, the leader of, uh, of the band, Lars, oh, um, he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: He still <laughs> owes me money. Uh,
2: I, I, he's a sweetheart. <laughs> Lars is a sweetheart. He's a big uh, dump.
1: Don't sugarcoat <laughs> it. <laughs>
2: Uh, but you know, he he said, "Hey, man, it's cool. You know, uh, you know, just uh, just read read what's on the page. I have I have a little uh little, little clip track of what's going on here. Some of the other parts are already recorded, so just kind of try and fit your part in. And you know, like uh, you know, being an ensemble player, I really you know could adhere to that. And I was like, okay, that's great, that's great. Okay, you know, I think I can I can really make this work in my favor. Um, and then as I was done recording my part, he asked me, Hey, do you want to go ahead and uh, lay the solo down here on this one track? And I was thinking, he wouldn't say that. My, my, he would never my goodness, say no, that. No, he absolutely. He's, He's Lar, Lars Charita no. absolutely said that. And I was like, my goodness, Lars Charita. It's just, come on, man. I can't uh, like, I, I just got here. I can't, you're, you're throwing me, <laughs> you're throwing me into the fire, man. And he said, Oh, Good. you know, just, just, just give it a go, you know, just kind of improv something. And, you know, I'm just a straight classical player. I don't know. you know my my improv skills weren't the best but i knew enough there where i felt like i could probably get through it like even if it wasn't perfect uh it would get to the point where it was serviceable you know and like people would listen to it and then some yeah people would listen to it and they'd say oh yeah okay okay i I, I, I I see it. he's 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 going there he's too modest
0: (laughs) people i literally i to uh, my uncle who does luthery work and I literally fast forwarded to just your solo when I went I've showed so many people that with that band so uh, I have so an affiliation for, with. <laughs> for
2: those that don't know, um Lars Charita and the Misfits is uh is actually Charles Larita and the Mischief Look at that Whoa. plug baby yeah, yeah yeah they sound like crap. For, for for those for those out there that like couldn't <laughs> quite figure it out, I am I'm, I'm there for you guys. I so was so confused. You're, you're I was like,
0: who have you been playing with that I don't know about? it sounds just you like, like us. a <laughs> bastard. Yeah.
2: yeah. I know. I know for sure. Um but no, I think you know again going in and and playing with bands for years and years and years uh you know what to expect but then you go into a new experience like that and all of a sudden you know that type one really comes out and says oh what are we doing here man like uh i don't know this part's crap Um, whoever wrote it but but, yeah i think i i I think that is (laughs) i think that is absolutely crucial that you you have a comfort level and an idea of what's going to happen before you actually get into it oh totally Um, totally you know like i've I've been playing with the eastern wind symphony now for over a decade and uh i consider uh the people in that group to be uh, not just good friends or colleagues but like pretty damn close to family uh because you know i've i've been i've been fortunate enough to make music with them for um such a long time and i've i've gotten used to their mannerisms i've gotten used to the ways they play it's easier to tune with them it's easier to blend with them um and it just it makes the ensemble sound so much better and it makes me feel so much better um because i have that comfort level and i think the 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 familiarity with that group is is just like beyond compare i mean it's just i it really is something that I I really hold sacred, um, and I don't say that very often about many things. But uh, I would I would definitely go there with this group. Um, by far, some of the best professional work I've done in my entire life, uh, and I don't I don't make a penny for doing it. It's a completely volunteer group. Yeah. Uh, but it's but it's all for the love of playing you know, and that's what makes it great because you're not saddled with that. You have to be good because we're paying you mentality, which is, which is great. Uh, it just, it allows you to be who you want to be and it allows you to be, um, you know, the, the musician you were always kind of meant to be, if that makes sense. No, yeah, uh, which perfect is, which sense is, yeah, Which is, which is, which is like really, really great. Um, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm rambling. Okay, number Dude, 4. Dude, you're you're
0: gushing and I love it. It's good. <laughs> it's it's raw. It's go. emotion. It's beautiful. I know Ooh, it really is. It you really do is. your goddamn self, yeah, um, Greg. I like well not yeah. that kind of oh. raw, William. We're we're go. Anyway, let's <laughs> No one's going to hear this. <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> I already oh, hit oh, delete.
2: Goodness. Okay. So, <laughs> so number 4, number 4 is awareness, okay? Know what kind of an audience you have going into a certain performance. Okay? So, It's good to know what type of type one examples could sort of set you off, so to speak. So let's say, for example, you're a rock group playing in a bar um, and there's some like stammering drunk who's (laughs) just like, You know, Uh, just like, you know, falling all over. Yeah, yeah, every gig we've ever done. Exactly. Yeah. So just falling all over everybody and saying like, well, free bird, you know, like. That's
1: That's usually Will. You know. Yeah. Wait a second. (laughs) No, it's actually usually my dad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, his is my
1: Sharona. Yeah, he's obsessed with that. Oh, well, that's a good one. But he also shouts out free bird because he knows we hate it. (laughs) Oh,
2: my gosh. Yeah, there's always one. There's always one. But uh, but again, I mean, knowing that some people are going to be like that, you know, going in with that mentality kind of gives you an edge instead of just assuming that everybody's going to be all like, you know, happiness and rainbows and sunshine, which isn't. The case at all no. uh, when when alcohol gets involved. So you have no to be yeah no. you, 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 you got to be kind of on your toes. Gotta take that, that edge, off. Uh, or, or 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 let's say let's say a completely <laughs> different venue. Let's say let's say you're playing at Carnegie, right? You got this big this big fancy solo performance at Carnegie because you're you're the bee's knees and you know you're you're out there doing your thing, and you realize that you know when you get there there's going to be tons of music critics in mm. the audience that are going to be Listening to every single note you play and critiquing every single note that you play, every single emotion. Talk about pressure. Good Lord. Huge, huge amounts of pressure. And as long as you go into it knowing that that's there. again it's not going to completely go away but at least you'll have like a fighter's chance of like getting to the end which Mm -hmm. i think is pretty much everything in a high leverage situation like that um or let's even say let's even say a school concert you know let's say um you know you're, you're at a high school and you're and you're in a concert and, uh, you know, it's it's just, again, like we were talking about before, just friends, family, uh, maybe the occasional, like, you know, happy-go-lucky faculty member that happens to like music, just sort of comes to the principal, you know, like that kind of thing. Like people that you generally wouldn't be too concerned about messing up in front of. There's always going to be those peers that want you to mess up on purpose, you know, like, again, like I was saying, ones that are jealous of what you can do or ones that don't like you for some reason or other. Well, those
0: kids yeah. suck and you know, it's it. usually because of our looks.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, but again, yeah. I mean, a- as long as you go in knowing that, you know, like don't, don't go there, assuming <laughs> the greatest things are going to happen and you know, it's, it's not gonna diminish your playing as much as you So you have to have a very
0: a very realistic outlook when it comes to something like that. Absolutely Which is good. That's a good center to kinda have.
2: For sure. Yep. And uh and just just a caveat to that, you obviously don't have any control over who goes to your performances just in general. That drunk guy Uh, still weasels his way
1: in sometimes. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Even at Carnegie
1: Hall, he, he could still be Even there. At Carnegie, yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: Freebird. Right, right. So, <laughs> Freebird. Oh my gosh, at yeah. Carnegie. Oh Yo, yeah, God, that guy's <laughs> everywhere. But <laughs> he he's
0: he is within us all. Yeah.
2: But but at the end of the day, you do you. You know, because you're up there, because you want to be up there, because you love what you do, because you have a passion for it, which leads me into my fifth one: desire. Okay, mm. there has to be a desire, a willingness, a want, uh, a passion burning inside.
0: It's the desire that, that lights that, the you, fire. You need
2: Ooh. that. If you're determined to do something, you're going to do it. It's straight up human resolve at its finest, and it's something. It's the most important thing to remember on the list, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because all that, all that other stuff, it's it's really important and it's going to help. But at the end of the day, how do you want your music to sound to you? That's always the most important. Do you enjoy playing music? And if the answer is yes, you're going to find a way. And it might take you years. It might take you decades. But if that burn is there if that if that desire is just like
0: desire th- at to you, light the fire man then
2: you're going to make it happen and i can't stress that enough so hopefully these five steps here that i've sort of racked my brain over um and have been doing for years but never really kind of concretely put down until recently um you know hopefully that helps somebody out there
0: see so there you i go. i think that was perfectly we're not going to top that i think that was that was perfectly perfectly well we're just going to talk about farts more so it doesn't we can't really do um that was i think that was beautifully well done um hopefully page you know we helped kind of put some insight into these issues you know that you might be facing and just know it's not a do-all end-all there's tons of ways around it I mean everyone goes through it and I think just to reiterate what Greg said at the end there you know that desire that passion to do what you do that's what's going to get you through it. and it always will prevail and, and persevere and I think that's incredibly incredibly important so with that being said I would like to thank everyone so much for listening to the drop the beat podcast for this week. Um, If you guys would like to write in a question one more time, it's com slash contact. We are also on Patreon. If you'd like to support the band on Patreon for $1 a month, Um, You get your name at the end of the videos that we do and things like that. Some other little bonus stuff that we have in there. Um, We have on the homepage of the website, which is charlesloreda.com, we have a big gaudy orange button. If you want to click that (laughs) to become a patron, we would be incredibly appreciative. And if not, we will still love you just the same. Um, I would love to thank our guest for this week, Mr. Goddamn Greg Marsh. and We would be more than happy to have (laughs) you come back. We would love for you to come back and, and do this again.
2: Oh, um, sure. Guys, guys, this is an absolute blast. Thanks so much for oh, having
0: me. Really? I, I, see, I wasn't lying when I said it would be fun and we would get down to the nitty gritty. This, hell yeah. this yeah. was very, very good. So I would just once more, once more just say to everyone at home, thank you so much for listening and beating off with us. And we will see you guys next time. Ciao.